Professor Shives, look what I've discovered. And by me, I actually mean one of those underpaid local inhabitants who risk their lives excavating these archaeological sites for us. My God, Harding, do you know what you have in your grubby little hands? An Egyptian box sealed with the cartouche of the goddess Kale. Oh, how interesting. Do hand me that sledgehammer and let's smash open this ancient cultural relic to see what treasure is inside. Uh, Stay your hand, my idiotic assistant. According to this inscription, a curse of unspeakable horror has been placed on this box. Oh, well, how nice. Give me the sledgehammer. This curse warns that if this box is open, terrible things will befall those who opened it. That those who do will be doomed to review classic films for all eternity. Oh, is that all? There's nothing in this box but an ancient zoo with some show on it called Late Seating. You fool! You have condemned us both. I implore you to not listen to that podcast. Who knows what evils could be released? Only one way to find out! I'm back, motherfuckers, and welcome to Wait Seating! <laughs> I am your hosty host with the most ghosts on the West Coast. You just stick with it. I'm, I'm freestyling. Yes. <laughs> Jason, I have guts inside my body hurting! <laughs> and I am his loyal assistant, Steve Gore Shives. And on this show, we take a moldy, dusty, old corpse of a movie, and we give it a fresh review to see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or monstrously evil, coming up from the depths to tear your very soul from your body! Yes, that's pretty much it. Okay, so, it's halloween time. And that means we do spooky halloween spooky stuff, right? Yes, we resurrect the cinematic dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> to all... All right, come down. Sorry. To all of you out there who are like, hey, how come you don't do this spooky movie? And how come you don't do this spooky movie? Because we only do the spooky movies in the spookiest month, which is October. So, so screw you! That's right. So we're doing one this this time, and then we have one more spooky movie for you. Isn't that correct? Yes, and then you won't have to hear us doing these voices for another year. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, Steve, yes. what spooky movie are we going to terrify the podcasting audience with this time around? We are doing the film that introduced probably the third or fourth most popular Universal Monster. I would bump that down a bit. Fifth or sixth. Oh, you think he's more popular than the creature from the Black Lagoon? Whatever, he's near the bottom, however many there are. It is it is the 1932 Universal Monster classic, The Mummy. Holy oh, shit, oh, oh. kids. The Mummy, he's a guy who comes back from the dead and he's all wrapped up in bandages and he's dusty and you could probably set him on fire real easy because he's like not much more than walking kindling, but he's so terrifying that if you see him, you scream a lot and then someone tells you in exposition that you've gone to an insane asylum because you saw something. Boy, that's not... Oh... 
It wasn't there, scary. It wasn't, this is not. It's not a scary movie, really. It's, it's just guy, and you never see that mummy move around at all. You just see a creepy hand for a second, and then a guy screams like a woman, and and then it's just Boris Karloff with shit on his face for the rest of the movie. In fact, there's hardly a mummy in it at all. Like this is bullshit. Bullshit, I tell you. The moment is trying to pass as a living person. It would be like if Frankenstein was just a hand and then you didn't see him for the rest of the movie and it's just Boris Karloff walking around in regular clothes. It's me, Frankenstein. No, seriously, it's me, Frankenstein. I'm made of dead people. You should be more scared than you are. All right, anyway, to, for, no one, I didn't say it wasn't spooky. You guys listened to the, for the spooky. So, uh... I am hypnotizing you now to forget the shitty things I said about the mummy not being scary. Also, send me money. Is that uh, is that wrong? I will. I will send you money right now, master. Oh, good! It I works. I will send you all the money you need. And now I will take this elixir, which will return my regular voice to me. Gluck gluck gluck. Hey, everybody, it's me. <laughs> oh, we aren't going to do that for the whole show? Shut up. Anyway, you know me, I'd do it for every show, forever. <laughs> Even the hint of an excuse oh, to my. do that voice. The thing about the film Dog Day Afternoon is... <laughs> Not enough vampires. <laughs> Why are they walking around in the daylight? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, we're doing The Mummy from 1932. Yeah. Not this really popular remake from with with the, I wanted to say Ashton Kutcher, Ooh. with the guy. Brendan Fraser. With Brendan Fraser and Rachel we- Weiss. Weiss, yeah. yeah. Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. <laughs> okay. You like that? Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're not that, not that one. No, not that one. Uh, also not any of the others that were no, made. No, not, not, right? not the Tom Cruise one that murdered a cinematic universe in its crib. That's right. <laughs> we're going, we're going, <laughs> we're going all the way back to 1932. Yeah. When everybody needed to make a monster movie, right? Yeah, so much so that for this one, they basically remade one that they had just made a year ago. But we'll what? We'll, what are you talking I'll, about? I, I will. I will share that at the end. Okay. Oh, in okay. Hey, Steve, yeah. do you have any trivia <laughs> um, that you would like to share with the audience before we start talking about who made it and all that other garbage? Yeah, <laughs> I have a little bit of trivia for you. Yeah, this is uh, actually is one of the earliest of the Universal monster movies of the ones we consider sort of the classic stable of Universal monsters. It came out the yeah. year after Dracula and Frankenstein. Um, mm. And unlike Dracula and Frankenstein, this was not based on a pre-existing story. It wasn't an adaptation of a novel or a play or anything. It was an original story. Well, um, sort of. It's a little bit like when Disney says The Lion King is an original story. And you're like, yeah, but is that's it? That's right. I mean, technically, I or guess. Or Star Wars is or, an original story. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it, it has, it shares some common elements, let's just say, with some other films. Uh, um, but yeah, but interestingly enough, even though this is the first mummy film from Universal, this was not the film that was, uh, that, that gave birth to the mummy section of the Universal franchise. They didn't make another mummy movie until eight years later, and then they basically did a reboot 
and just started making movies about a totally different mummy that had nothing to do with the events of this movie. So, oh. so the uh, the mummy. Maybe we should have done a review on that one. <laughs> no, that's. But that one was scary. Uh, well, you might think that, <laughs> but uh, so and and uh, and this film was originally not called The Mummy. It was originally not going to have anything to do with ancient was Egypt. It, was it called Mummies in Love? Mummies in Love, yes. No, I think actually the original working title was Cagliostro, and it was going to be about just a guy who claimed to be reincarnated. Um, and Boring. They, and they added the Egyptian stuff to take advantage, to capitalize on... Of King Tut yeah, fever. the popularity of King Tut, exactly. Because King Tut's... Not the diseases that the excavators got when they opened up King Tut's tomb. No, no, no. More of a more of a cultural sort of fascination, yeah. Um, That's right. Because, and not, the, not to be confused with the 1970s King Tut fever when they started touring that thing around the country. Right, exactly. The original King Tut fever from the... It started, actually, it started in the 20s when, when King Tut's tomb was first discovered, and then it, yeah. it sort of it, it maintained itself in the culture for a while. So that when they were developing this film, they said, "Oh shit, let's uh, do some kind of a riff on King Tut." And they said, "Great!" Yeah. So that's how the, that's how we have the mummy. They just added a bunch of right. Egyptian shit to <laughs> to a movie they were already developing. Hey, I have some trivia. Yeah, this is Dracula with the mummy. Ah, see, that's where I was going with it. That's what I was going to say. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, step that's on that's your that, that's exactly that. I command you to forget that I stole that. From you. Well, it was parallel development. <laughs> yeah, we, we both we both got to the that same. We didn't discuss. It's because everyone knows we share the same brainwave patterns well, and at this point. It's not as if it's. I mean, I'm. It's a pretty easy conclusion to draw. Yeah, I mean, if you've seen yeah. both movies, you can't help but notice some similarities. <laughs> That's right. You take the you take the plot of Dracula and you put the guy from Frankenstein in it, stir, and then people poop money all over <laughs> right. you. Take out the Transylvania stuff, add in some Egyptian stuff. Yeah, because that's hot, 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 baby. Yeah, definitely. It's Hollywood at its worst or finest, however you want to look <laughs> at it. Depending on how you look at it, exactly. All right, you want to do the who made this crap? <laughs> I would love to. All right, it was directed <laughs> by our good friend Carl Freund. Hello, Carl. I love your work so much. I really just wish you did more. Yeah. He didn't do a lot of directing. No. He did a lot of cinematography, and that is what he is most well known for. And he developed, like, he unchained the camera. Now, what did I mean? No, I did not mean that cameras were bound into slavery and chained into one place. Basically, you locked the camera down. And maybe you could pan it from a, a solitary spot back and forth, but that was about the extent of the movement that people had when they were filming stuff. He literally took the camera off of its tripod. Yeah. And he moved it around. He utilized the camera. He developed crane shots. He was the first person to do crane shots. He did cart shots where yeah. he took the camera, put it on a cart so it could move all over the place. He he did. He was a genius. <laughs> he was a genius. Absolutely. And he developed the visual language of film. And that's why I personally love Carl, even though he didn't direct a whole lot of stuff. Um he was a cinematographer on a huge number of movies. Um, probably the most notable one out of his career after this would be Key Largo. Uh, and he's known for one other thing. Um, Desilu Productions hired him as the lead cinematographer for a tiny little television show called I Love Lucy. Yeah. In which he developed what we call even studio lighting, where you could, you know, light a thing 
And he also worked with the three camera aspect, which was also unique to that show. So he was a pioneer, dude. Oh, man. Yeah. He's a pioneer. And, and I don't want you saying anything bad about our good friend Carl Freund. Fuck no. He's a genius. He absolutely. That's and he was. The, he was the cinematographer on one of my favorite films, which was uh, F.W. Murnau's uh, The Last Laugh, which I think yep. is the first, the first film that used his, uh, his unchained camera technique. Yep. It's a beautiful yep. film. Yep. It was produced by Carl Lemley Jr. We've heard his name oh. a lot. Oh, boy. And that's because we've been uh, doing a lot of the movies right around when he was working. Because uh, he didn't work a whole lot after this. <laughs> um, he was eventually... Carl Lemley Jr., He what other movies have we done? Dracula? Yeah. Frankenstein? Frankenstein. All Quiet on the Western Front? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And The Invisible Man, which is coming up. Yeah. One of your favorites. One of my very favorites, yeah. Yeah. And um, after that, he kind of got fired in 1935, and he never worked again. <laughs> oh, Carl. How funny how that could happen, where he makes the biggest movies the studio has ever known, and then he... Well, here's the thing. He went over budget a lot. He liked spending money on his films, and his other movies after this, they were diminishing returns. He kind of blew his load with all of these monsters, and then he couldn't come up with anything new. Yeah. He's like, hey, how about this? A jello mold that's haunted. And they're like, no. Uh, Carl. Wait, I just want $50 million to produce it. <laughs> <laughs> come on, we'll get Whale to direct it. It'll be great. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's Carl Lemley. I think we'll have, we'll mention him one more time when we eventually do The Invisible Man. <laughs> Screenplay by John L. Balderston. Recognize that name? You should. Yeah. He's the asshole responsible for Dracula. <laughs> and he did an early, drank for uh, early draft for Frankenstein. And also Bride of Frankenstein, too. Yes. So he, he worked a lot. Story by Nina Wilcox Putnam. See, The Mummy, this version of The Mummy, is based on one of her short stories, which I think was more of a romance. I have a sneaking suspicion that it was like one of them Harlequin worlds where she wants to fuck a mummy yeah. or something. I don't know. I think the, the title of the book was I Fucked a Mummy, which <laughs> they obviously had to change when it was published because you can't call a book that in the 30s, but you know. Well, you can. You can. You just, it just won't go to a publisher. Just, nobody will be allowed to buy it. Yeah, you just have to stand outside of your tenement handing out leaflet. You know, yeah. hey, would you like to buy my book? What's it called? I fucked a mummy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, not? fuck it. I'll try it out. They sell it in paperback other... at a newsstand, but it's turned around so you can't see the cover. Yeah. yeah. The other is Richard Shear. Now, uh, the mummy did get a lot of influences, as he said. Uh, one of the other influences was an Arthur Conan Doyle story about a mummy, I think, that comes alive. Well, that would make sense. And kills people. Yeah. Mm. All right, starring Boris Karloff as Ardeth Bay and Imhotep. He's he's okay. <laughs> he was just hot from the. He was super hot from the Frankenstein thing, and I think they also figured, hey, this guy, so long as we pay him, we can do anything we want to him makeup wise. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Zita Johan, I think that's how her name is pronounced, mm. as Helen Grosner and Princess Anak. Anak S and Amon. Say it, Steve. Uh, in the, Anak and Amon. Yeah, in the film he pronounces it Oxenamon. Yeah, yeah, but we in the other movie it's Anak and Amon, and I think that they're actually pronouncing things more correct than in this 1932 version. Yeah. <laughs> well, Karloff was like, "I'm not saying that." <laughs> Too many syllables. Okay. Remember how we said they took a lot from Dracula? David Manners as Frank Wimple. Guess who he played? Jonathan Harker in Dracula. Weird, and he basically plays... Reprising his role as dumbass in this. Yeah. 
bland male lead. Although I do have to say, between Dracula and this movie, he toned it down a little bit, <laughs> and he has a little bit more character than, than Jonathan Harker yeah. did. Arthur Byron as Sir Joseph Wemple. Edward Van Sloan as Dr. Mueller. You'll know him as Van Helsing and Dr. Old Man from, from Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Basically, they basically said, Edward, we just want you to come and do the thing that you do. That's right. Bramwell Fletcher as I Can Scream as Ralph Norton. Norton? Noble Johnson as the Nubian. <laughs> oh, so he's the one. He's, he's the only one. Yeah. Now, uh, this guy, if you could have a career for blackface, this guy had a career doing blackface, because he did a lot of it. He's in a lot of movies basically playing some other ethnic character, yeah. and I guess he just didn't mind having his whole body painted. And the most other notable um, film that uh, he's been was, I think he played the chieftain in King Kong. Yeah. Catherine Byron as, as Frau Mueller. I don't remember. Was that the old lady? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was the old lady, yeah. Okay. Letter, Leonard Muddy as Professor Pearson. James Crane as Pharaoh Am of Fuck You. <laughs> Am, Amenophis. Amenophis. Sure. Amenophis, okay. maybe, yeah. Yeah, there we go. And C. Montague Shaw as Gentleman. Uncredited it. I think he's the guy that they're talking at the supper club or wherever they are. Yeah. Remember? Okay. <laughs> Music by James Dietrich. Cinematography by Charles Stumar. Edited by Milton Carruth. Distributed by Universal Studios. Release date December 22nd, 1932. Running time, 73 minutes. Budget, $196,000. And I have no box office for it. But it made money. It made money, right? Oh, I think it definitely did, yeah. Yeah, not, I mean, not, because, I must not have made that much because it took him eight years to do another mummy movie. But yeah, I guess they figured, well, they like the monster shit. He's pretty dead at the end of this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how are we going to bring him back? I mean, God. <laughs> All right, Steve, are you ready? Oh yeah. To go into the spooky deserts of Egypt, hire a bunch of guys to dig up in the ground and find a thing that is probably cursed that will bring back a beef jerky man who will then turn into a regular guy for the rest of the movie and to basically pine after a woman? <laughs> I am so ready. Okay. Let's do it. Let's, you and I, skulk into the super creepy world of the mummy. Steve, take it away. Um, so we weren't kidding when we said that this movie is a lot like Dracula. Because, oh, yeah. because just like Dracula, this movie, <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> decides to play music from Swan Lake over its opening title card. That's right. Uh, I guess back then they just said, just play some music. Nobody's even going to care. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. Let's put Swan Lake up there. And uh, for the opening credits, let's uh, let's uh, use my five-year-old's Egypt project that he turned in from school. Yeah, there's, a, yeah, there's a cool little miniature pyramid that the camera swings cool. around. And it's got like the mummy. <laughs> I think it's kind of neat. It's very it's, uh, it's not neat. It looks like the opening of, of MST3K. That's what I like about it. 
Okay, fine. But yes, you're right. It does. It it does seem like you know. Oh shit! What are we going to do for the credits? We're shooting those today. It's the Sphinx <laughs> and the and the pyramids on a turntable. Yeah, and they swing it around, and the one face of the of the pyramids has the title, the mummy, and the the mummy. And then they go to title cards for the rest of the credits, and then we get bait a, and switch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a nice little uh, a little summary of the all important reading. <laughs> Yay! It's a horror movie. What is, what's the reading about? Well, it's about the all important scroll of Thoth. Yeah, what about? Well, it? that's a scroll that brings uh, the dead back to life. It has magic really? words that uh, wow. Osiris used to raise Osiris from the dead, and apparently it works for anybody else too. You can just read from wow. the scroll, and people come back to life. Hey, Steve, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah, I would love for you to, yeah. This this applies to all movies that have some ancient knowledge that has been forgotten. Uh-huh. Okay? Yeah, sure. I just have a real quick uh-huh. question. Usually when something works good, we keep it around for a long time. Do you know how long we as humans have been brewing beer? Oh, a long time. Like, way before there was, like, civilization, we were making beer, right? And we've kept it around forever. Wine, things that work, we keep around, right? We tend to do that, yeah. So the Egyptians had the ability to bring the dead back to life. (laughs) (laughs) And they just kind of forgot about it. I've seen the ritual in this movie. It wasn't that involved. You just kind of read some shit, and so yeah, comes so, and back they come to back life. to life. Yeah, you don't even and so you, you don't even need to but, mean to do it. You can just read it, and they accidentally come back to life. <laughs> but okay, fine, whatever. Hey, look, Steve, Egypt shit. Yay! We're in, we're in Egypt and stuff. Yay. Right? Yeah, we're back in uh, Lawrence of Arabia country. No, <laughs> yeah, okay, that was in Saudi Arabia. You racist. Yeah, it's anyway. all it's all fucking sand. Anyway, they were in Cairo. We're up, we see yeah. a we see a we see a, a sign. Yeah, that says a field expedition. That not, not also thankfully puts the year on on the sign that's up. Yeah, because uh, because you want to know what year it is when you know you're at a field expedition, right? Yeah, well, you know the days tend to run together, and it's nice to remind you. What year is it? Oh, okay, nineteen twenty-one. Yeah. yeah, so we go inside of this little area. This. Uh, cave, um, I guess. Thing, yeah. And it's it's where they're doing all their research, and and it's, it's a field expedition. Yeah. And Doctor Old Man is there, and uh, Doctor Wemple, yeah, is there, and Ralph. <laughs> Don't get used to it. Anyway, so they're all sitting around, like poking at a bunch of stuff, like the greedy imperialists yeah. that they are, as they plan on pillaging everything out of Egypt because. Fuck it. <laughs> Why do they get it? I don't. Uh, they, this belongs to us now, no, right? No, this no, is no. All our stuff. No, no, no. The British. No, shut up! I don't listen to you. The British Museum <laughs> is about knowledge, my boy. It's about knowledge, not about pillaging. Uh huh. And um, <laughs> one of them is out out in the out in the desert wearing a three piece suit. Yep. That would be Doctor Old Man, right? Yeah, no, no, it's Doctor Wemple. Yeah, Doctor Wemple. And um, they'd start talking about stuff. They talk about how they found this mummy, and ooh, look how look how the mummy looks like like Boris Karloff under a lot of makeup. Oh, he looks uncomfortable. <sighs> and they find a box, and they talk about the box, and they talk about stuff, and they look inside of his sarcophagus, and they're like, "Oh, he was a criminal." And I and I'm like, "Field expedition, more like field exposition, oh, huh? Am oh, I right? Oh, <laughs> damn." 
Worst joke I have ever written, ever in my life. <laughs> what? That's in my note. My notes read, field expedition, more like field exposition. Are you happy with yourself, Jason? What are you doing? Can I tell you, though, I think it's a fine joke. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Anyway, they find a box and it's got a curse on it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Doctor Old Man is like, "Don't, don't open that. What the hell are you thinking?" I believe in these curses. I believe in them. Yeah, they're real. And oh yeah, Egyptian gods are real too. The Egyptian gods and curses yeah. are real. Don't open the box, stupid. Yeah, and Professor Wemple is like, "Well, let's go outside and talk about it." And he turns to Ralph and he says, "Now, Ralph." While we're outside, whatever you do, don't open the cursed box. Right. Open the cursed box. <laughs> no, Ralph. Don't what? open the cursed box. I understand. You and Dr. Old Man are going to go outside yes. and I open the cursed box. No, Ralph. Don't. What? Don't. Wait. Don't take this chisel don't. and this hammer mm. and put the chisel against the box like this. And then strike the chisel like so. And then don't lift the lid like this. Everything you're doing, you're mm-hmm. not to be doing. Oh, and then don't take don't, the scroll definitely out? Definitely don't do that. Open it don't, up uh, like I'm doing right now. Don't read from it, Ralph. I, l- well, but I can't help it. Don't it's written. Read I like from reading. It, Ralph. Don't tell me not to read. I didn't realize you're an anti intellectual. <laughs> Look, it says here it's going to bring a mummy back to God life. God damn it. Anyway, that's pretty much the scene. Yeah, and then a hand, a hand comes and touches the thing. Yeah, right? yeah. The, the scroll, and takes the scroll, and uh, Ralph goes crack. Ralph goes instant Renfield. Yeah, <laughs> just, just starts screaming and screaming. And thankfully, we're spared of any more of him from the rest of the movie. It's not like he pops up like Renfield all the time. No, once he's gone, he's 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 disposed of when a line of dialogue afterwards. Oh, we went Pity crazy about him going to the insane asylum forever. <laughs> like, oh shit! <laughs> okay, huh? yeah. So we don't. Here's the thing, guys. We don't see the mummy. I mean, we see him open his eyes. We see him kind of drop his hands down. Right. We don't see him walk anywhere. We don't see the mummy wrapped up in bandages really do anything, right, Steve? No, no, not at all. You don't. Uh, you you no. don't see that until the the aforementioned sequels slash not really sequels. Yeah. So once again, this iconic monster movie doesn't have any of the iconic monster stuff. <laughs> That's right. That's right. God damn it, Steve. What the fuck is... What, is the Invisible Man not going to be invisible when we finally do that? I I can see him. What the hell is he... (laughs) Everybody can see him. Is the Wolf Man not going to be a Wolf Man? Actually, he's a hyena man. Well, what the... (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... Dracula is actually a ghost. Uh-huh. Anyway, thankfully they update the signs. Yes, because now we can tell from another expedition sign that's about ten years later. Yes, expedition nineteen thirty-two. And just in case we missed it, the characters that we now meet, which are Dinky Bottoms or what? Who is it? It's it's what's the character's is name? It professor it's, Professor Pearson. That yeah, Frank Wemple, yeah, who's the, the son, son of, of professor, professor Wemple, yeah, Professor Pearson. And some other jerk. And they're, just in case we didn't know it was ten years later, they make sure to say the phrase, ten years ago, three times in a row. <laughs> yeah. If you want... I can't believe it was ten years ago. Wait, it was ten years ago? Yes, it was ten years ago. Ten years since the last scene? What do you mean, last scene? Never mind. <laughs> 
and they're all sitting around talking about a new expedition, and they only found some beads and garbage. Yeah. And they're like, fuck that. This, we're, no, yeah. we have nothing to take we're back. We're tired of this then, crap. Yeah. At the door, there's a guy. Yeah. And he's tall. And he looks like Boris Karloff. And they're like, hello, I miss the mummy. I mean, <laughs> I'm Imhotep. I oh, mean, shit. my name is Ardith Bay. <laughs> there's nothing spooky about me. At all. Yeah. Everything's fine. Anyway. <laughs> I know where there's a place where you can dig. And you'll find shit, I swear. Yeah. And don't touch me. Don't ever touch me. (laughs) I'm a bit on the spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he talks slow, he moves slow. And he says, if you dig over there, I bet you find something. And they're like, okay. And then we have really spooky digging, guys. Like, it's so spooky. The way they dig (laughs) for stuff. And they got all these porters. Yeah. Which is not much more than hired slaves. (laughs) They're they're not getting paid a whole lot of money. But and they dig and then they find a door, Steve. Yeah, it's a door that apparently it hasn't been opened in three thousand years. No one has That's right. no one has entered this room since it was first closed. And That's right, the seals have been put in place. So let's get in and there and like, defile it. What do you say? Come on, let's take all this shit. Time to pillage, fellows. And then we get one of the weirdest transition shots I have ever seen. <laughs> Where all of a sudden we're spinning around through a city and yeah. we lurch to a stop and we see a beautiful woman. Oh my. She's so cute and wonderful. Who's that, Steve? That is uh, Helen, Helen Grosvenor, yeah. She's the daughter of sort of a local official, a, lo- a local imperialist. That's right. But yeah. And uh, how do we find out all about her and her friend? Uh, because her and uh, uh-huh. is it is it her and uh, Doctor no, Muller? We we oh. no, we see her and her talking back and forth. Then we cut to a table of a couple of dudes who are just giving exposition yeah. gossip about those two people. <laughs> What's the skinny on the dame? She's hot, hot, hot. I hear her mother was Egyptian and her father was something. Oh. I don't know. You th- anyway, you think that'll turn out to be important. Oh, nah, let's drink more. <laughs> What is she staying with that doctor? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but after we get introduced to her, we we go to the museum and um, he's we see that Ardith Bay or Imhotep or Demomi. Demomi. They're all the same person. It's just kind of hanging around the museum. Yeah, well, because they, they found... In, what a spooky monster, Steve! Because <laughs> what they found, where, where he told them to dig, they found the mummy of, of like an ancient... Can my heart take the terror <laughs> no. of Imhotep hanging around the museum? No one will be seated during the chilling Imhotep <laughs> hanging around the museum scene. Uh-huh. The monster loiters. Come see the mummy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they meet him, and they're like, oh, you're Ardith Bay, and you helped us find that thing. Well, you can stay here for as long as you want, right? Yeah, and he's like, cool, because I'm totally going to do that. Yeah, and that's what happens. And then Imhotep starts working his long-distance mojo, and over at the party, Helen feels a tingling in her lady parts or something. Yeah, and she's like, I have to go. Uh Uh-huh. And what happens? She tries to she tries to go to the museum. Yeah, right? she 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 goes to the museum and she's like pounding on the door, like let me, in, well, let me in. pounding. She's let like, let me in. <laughs> door. <laughs> <laughs> and she's seen by Doctor Wimple, and 
Dr. Old Man. Yeah. Right? And and Frank? Yeah, Frank scoops her up and takes her back, and he's like, gee, Dad, can we keep her? Yeah, oh, I don't see why not. And they take him back to her, her place or his uh, place? His place, yeah, because they have to call the doctor ta- to come get her. Yeah. And she's talking in ancient Egyptian. Yeah, a, a right? language that has not been heard on this earth for 3,000 years, but which somehow Professor Wemple recognizes immediately and can speak fluently. And can speak. <laughs> oh, yes, of course, I know exactly what she's saying. It's a dead ancient language. Because I'm white, and white people know everything. I probably speak it better than they did. That's right. Anyway, so they take her back, but at, meanwhile, at the museum, a guard um, turns on a light, and Imhotep's like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, Paul. I was just leaving. Me. I'll just turn off this light, and he turns the light yeah, back hey, off Yeah, hey, dude, I just turned the light on. Dude, I just turned it on. Come on. And then the guard goes off to follow him, and... Um, there's screaming, I guess, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And he he that, screams, yeah, yeah, yeah. So something happened off camera, I guess. Something bad. Meanwhile, back at Frank's apartment, Helen wakes up and she's like, um, "What happened?" And he's like, "You fainted in front of the museum." But I love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like super into you. I just want to just put that out there. I'm like, are you like are you like she's into pretty, me? She's pretty good. She's pretty good, Steve. She's pretty. She's pretty good. She's a she's a pretty lady. I like her. She's, she's more than just pretty. She's got a little bit of sass in yeah. her. A hell of a lot more sass than the other two women that we've been exposed to in the previous two films, oh. Frankenstein and Dracula. Oh, for sure. For sure. She's got a mouth on her. <laughs> she, she, she's got a little sass Oof, in her uh, puss. And there's this one time in this pre-code film where she gets up from the couch and it's like, lady, you're wearing a loose top yeah. and there's an audience out yeah. here. What yeah, are you hey, doing? Hey, hey, come on. Cover up. <laughs> And the director's like, I know exactly what I am yeah. doing. <laughs> We're still allowed to do this, you know. <laughs> anyway, so he says, oh, you fainted in front of the museum. And she's like, yeah, sure I did. And <laughs> um, he goes, you know, you look, he's he's immediately infatuated with yeah. her. And I know he meant this as a compliment, but he said, they, they're, they're talking about unearthing a nox on a moon, right? Yeah. And he says, you know, I fell in love with that mummy. And she's like, oh, okay. And then he says, you know, that's it. That's how I recognize your face. You look like that desiccated beef jerky lady that we unwrapped and bandaged. You look like that old mummy I fell in love with. (laughs) Oh, how sweet. You know just what to say. Then they get a phone call. And uh, they say, hey, the guard's dead. And they're like, oh, oh, no. That sucks. And Frank gets even more super creepy, because the same evening, <laughs> while backing her, backing into a corner of the couch, she's like, I love you, and I want to be with you, you and me together forever. And she's like, okay, cool your jets there. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know who you are, and you're the boy. Oh. And, um... They come back from the museum, and they're like, something happened, something happened. Something happened in the museum is bad. And I think it has something to do with her. Let's, uh, let's, let's leave her here in the living room. Yeah, let's leave her all by all, herself. All by yeah. herself. In, in the dark. Yeah, we're gonna just, we're gonna turn the lights out, sweetie. You just, you know, take a napsy or something. 
That's right. And then they go into another room and they have more exposition about stuff. Yeah. Well, they found the scroll about- apparently when 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 uh, Imhotep uh, had, yeah, had when he was beating cheeks and turning yeah, off lights, he, he left the scroll. He dropped behind. the scroll. Yeah. So the scroll was brought to them, and now they're like, you know, this is that evil immortality scroll. I bet you this belongs to that guy, that weird guy in the museum, and. Dr. Old Man is like, you know, you should just burn it, right? You should just burn it. No. Just- yeah. And they're like, no. That was a scary scene, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, we, we didn't plunder the cultural heritage of this country to burn it, I say. Mm-hmm. Frank even says at one point, it's not right. It's not going to Britain. Yeah. It's ours. It's staying here in a museum in Egypt. <laughs> we have a right to it for some reason. For hundreds of years, we've gone into other countries and taken their right. shit, and now we can't? It's bullshit. What's the point of going into other people's countries and bossing them around if we can't help ourselves whatever we like? We took Cleopatra's, Cleopatra's needle. We should be able to take anything we want. <laughs> anyway, so then, guess who shows up while she's all by herself? It's Aldith Bay. Oh, you mean Mr. Mummy? Oh, hello. Or Immortal? Oh, fancy meeting you here. Or, never mind, I put a trance on you. <laughs> this is taking too long. Not like Dracula at all, he puts no, a trance on No, he hypnotizes her. her in a completely yeah. un-Dracula-like way. His eyes don't glow with a special, like, Dracula at all, right? Not at all. And they certainly don't repeat never. the same... Never. That doesn't happen once. <laughs> they certainly don't reuse the same shot four or five times, again, like they did in Dracula. No. Of course no, not. Never. Yeah, because they're getting... You're only getting this take out of yeah. me. <laughs> I'm not doing this again. Get this shit off my face. <laughs> You're not paying me enough. So, as far as they know, Artist Bay, Artist Bay is just some creepy dude. Right. Right? But they're like, oh, well, Artist Bay will want the scroll back. Yeah. Right? Because they're assuming it belongs to him, even though no one has witnessed him with it. Right, right. right. They're just sort of putting two and two together, I guess, assuming that No, he, they're not putting even two and two together. Artist Bay is a guy, and there's a scroll, and they happen to be in the same place. Do they walk into the museum and go, look at all these dead people? I bet Artist Bay did it. <laughs> Who killed all of these mummies? They're making huge leaps in assumptions. Yeah, but... Probably because they're racist. Yeah, yeah, and also... Yeah, yeah, I know. I bet it was that Egyptian guy that did it. Hmm. Yeah, this makes yep. sense to me. Uh-huh. So, um... Oh, yeah, when when um, Ardeth Bay comes in, he, he... Oh, boy. There's the Nubian who's guarding the door, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yes. And he puts him in his thrall. Yeah. Not like Dracula. Not at, at all. all. Why? Yeah, no, not at all. And they never give him a name. They just keep referring to him as the Nubian. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Steve? He's the one, exactly. Yeah, and um, so what happens? They, they so now they just know, right? They just they know, know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, for uh, Doctor Old Man tells them to burn the scroll, but they're like, "Nah, we're just going to hide it." So they they put the scroll like behind a curtain on a bookshelf, and then they all go out into the other room. But they didn't anticipate one thing. What's that? Well, Imhotep has a magic bathtub. Yes, he does. Where he can see stuff. Yeah. He can see stuff in his magic oh. bathtub. And he sees where they hide it in his magic I, bathtub. I knew they were hiding my scroll. <laughs> Did he turn into Thurston yes, Powell? Yes, Give me back that scroll, I say. <laughs> anyway, he sends the Nubian to get it. And the Nubian shows up, and he's, he's like... Um, no, first he kills Dr. Old... Wait, no, he... Yeah, no, he doesn't no. kill Dr. Wait, Oldman. which one does he, he kills, do? He doesn't kill Dr. Oldman. He kills um, no. Professor Oldman Wemple. Does he kill... Yeah, that's... No. Yeah, because cause Oldman old Wemple is going gonna, is gonna to burn the scroll. No, no, because the Nubian goes and gets the scroll first. 
doesn't he? No, no. Here's no. Okay, it's it's like this. The, the, oh, that's old, right. Old Ben Webble right. is going okay. to burn. I know it. this is only uh, this movie is only an hour and ten minutes. We're getting all moved up. Wait a minute. Old Ben Wemple is going to burn it. But Imhotep kills him with his magic uh, pool. It gives him a heart attack. Yeah, or and 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 then the Nubian comes in and takes the scroll and and burns just some random pieces of paper in the fireplace. Some newspaper off the yeah, desk to make right? it look like he burned the scroll, so they'll stop looking for that's the scroll. That's right. Now. Yeah, and then um, yeah, that's right because he's doing it at the same time. Nubian's coming. He gives the guy a heart attack or whatever through his magic bathtub, and then um, the Nubian takes the scroll, and then. After that, we discover that Frank doesn't seem to understand anything that's going on or care about his father's death. Yeah, he kind of gets over except it in a hurry. That he's, except that he's super horny for yeah. Helen. Yeah, right? yeah. He has a t-shirt that says horny for Helen on it. He thinks that's going to that's gonna get her to like him, yeah. right? Because the more possessive and creepy he becomes, the more likely it is that she will love him. Well, right? yeah, that's how it works, right? Because they do kiss. Yeah. The, the night they meet. When he's like, I think I'm in love with you. That's right. I get that all the time. Yep, she does. I can see why. She's awesome. I like her. I, lo- I, like her I love her. <laughs> I don't love her. I, she's probably dust at this point. I don't. I hope she's not alive still. I don't want to condemn her to that kind of... She'd be a hundred and God knows how old she is. <laughs> Let me die. <laughs> I don't want to talk about my mommy movie again. I don't get... I only... Made about four movies, please. I don't get any mail. Nobody remembers me. <laughs> anyway, we get another close-up of Karloff, yep. the one that they reuse several yep. times, for uh, no reason. Oh, right, he's just, Steve? He's, he's just kind of there. To, yeah. It's like the transition shot. Yeah. Remember me? And then <laughs> it goes on to something else. I'm a spooky mummy. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Casablanca, Helen ah. takes her dog for a walk. Yes. Yeah, and she winds up at uh, Casa de Imhotep. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And he's like, hey, sit next to my magic bathtub and we'll have an acid flashback together. <laughs> I'll show you this really cool right? silent movie I made in my life. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Carl Freund, for making this silent movie. Hey. So here's what basically happens in the magic bathtub. Uh, Imhotep loved Anaxana Moon, and then she died of movie. Yeah. And he wanted to use the scroll to bring her back to life, which was bad. And then a statue said, that's bad, because it moved its arm. And then, I guess, he got buried and mummified and stuff. And that's what happened. Yes, yes. And that's why he he was buried. And apparently he was buried in what was considered a dishonorable way, because he was like a, he was a blasphemer. Yeah. Yeah. And then her dog dies. Yeah. Off yeah, camera. Apparently killed by the cat, if you catch it in the dialogue. Yeah, apparently there's a cat there, and it just said, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm killing that dog. This is for all the cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she goes back, she talks to Frank, and then she needs bed rest. Yeah. Why, why, and they why ha- does and, she... And they put- why, Steve, why does she need yeah. bed rest? Well, it's just been a rough couple of days. No, no, Steve, this is like the third what? fucking movie in which a woman experiences something that was not exhausting, and they immediately send her directly to bed. Like, oh, you hysterical woman, get in bed. Yeah. Just get a bed. Nina was in bed. Yeah. Fucking Mrs. Frankenstein was in bed. <laughs> Elizabeth. The only way I can ensure that my penis is the only penis that comes anywhere near your vagina is if you stay in this bed. Lock it in a room. I don't know how to tell Frank this, 
But from the way she talks and the way she acts, Helen's been around. Helen has yeah. seen, been doing some stuff. I like Helen a lot more than fucking Frank. I know. <laughs> but no, they put her in bed. They're like, go to bed. Yeah. You need bed they rest. Hang, they for they hang some garlic in her room. They don't even do that. They just like, <laughs> no, stay they in don't. bed. Just shut up and don't put any makeup on. And then German nurse Ratchet comes in and she tries to bribe the nurse. She's like, I'll give you money. And the guy I'm going to go see will give you lots of money. Because, see, they're afraid that she's going to go meet Imhotep and then right. a bad... A bad will happen. What bad will happen? <laughs> I don't know. A bad. Just something you're not going to want. Yeah. You're not going to like it. Yeah, it'll be bad and it won't be good. And um, then she asks for makeup so that she can put more makeup over the amount of makeup she already has <laughs> on her face. <laughs> and uh, then she puts on a robe because she wants to see Frank. She says, I'm going to see Frank. And I want to look nice. You understand, don't you, old lady? And Because the, the, there's another lady, right? Yeah. Frau, yeah. Frau Busybody or whatever. And she's like, okay, <laughs> I get it. You're horny. And so... <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Oh, those are the days when I would put makeup over already existing makeup. And then wear more clothes than I'm wearing now to try to look alluring. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, she sees Frank and Frank gets super possessive. <laughs> Yes, oh yes. These people have known each other less than 24 hours. And he's like, yeah. you're married, we're married now, you and me. We're married. Say it. No. <laughs> you better say it. <sighs> and so they send her back to her room. And then Dr. Oldman comes in and he says, maybe we should let her go see Imhotep. Yeah, I've and been doing like, some thinking about this. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> he's like, no. Yeah. Then we can follow her and then we'll find him Imhotep, right? Because we have now decided... Based on zero evidence. Zero evidence, Steve. Based on nothing. They have never seen, ever, Ardith Bay, number one, in possession of said scroll, or right. with said scroll, but they've made up their minds now, right? Well, there is, a, there is that scene when he comes to see them at the house where he tells them that the scroll is his property. So they do know that... They don't, oh, they I don't forgot about that, know, yeah. They don't necessarily know that he has it He said he bought because, it for a lot of money. Yeah, he but he said it was his, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so uh, then um, she gets some bromide. Helen gets some bromide so she'll sleep. And then Imhotep uses his magic bathtub to attack Frank, who stupidly... Oh, we skipped this part. Uh, Dr. Oldman gives uh, Frank a pendant, an ISIS pendant. Yeah. And he's like, I don't believe in this horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he sticks it in his pocket, and then he hangs it on the doorknob, right? Yeah. And uh, then Imhotep uses his magic bathtub to try to give him a heart attack. And I'm like, oh, thank Christ, she does. she's not stuck with this asshole. And, <laughs> but it doesn't work, right? Because he reaches the yeah. pendant just in time. Yeah. But he's still passed out. Right. And then Helen is like, oh, thank Christ. And she gets up. <laughs> and I'm out of here. She goes to the museum, and she puts on a costume from the Halloween Superstore. <laughs> and, and now she's, I, I, I'm going to get you, sucker. Whatever her name is. Amoximanon. Anoximanon. Amoxicillin. Oxinamon. Mm-hmm. And he's there, and she's like, now she's like her. She's talking like her and all this stuff, and they're in love, and you'll bring me back, and no, you're a reincarnation of her. And he's like, I was going to bring her back, body back to life. Just like me, but why would I want that stupid, gross beef jerky lady when I could have you? Because you're already in that body, but I still have to kill you, 
and then bring bring you back to life, right? Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's the plan. It's not super clear what the sequence of events is going to be. But yeah, he he yeah. he has to kill her, and then she'll come back. Yeah. yeah. So what he does is he he takes I want to suck a lot's body and <laughs> sticks that beef jerky stick in the conveniently placed fireplace that's in the museum in the desert. I'll just leave that. I don't care. And he sets it on fire, right? And yeah, now he's and gonna it, boy, mum- it lights right up. Yeah, he's going to mummify Helen f- for some reason. And, and anyway, so, yay, Frank's not dead because Dr. Oldman finds him. And somehow Dr. Oldman knows Imhotet's plan, right? He says, yeah. I know what he's planning. Could you tell us, please? Because I don't. And how did you find that out, Dr. Oldman? Did you find the script behind a couch somewhere? And you're like, oh, okay. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but, but uh, we'll go. Right? Well, he said, "Let's." He said, "I bet they're going to the museum because that's where everything fucking happens." That's right. So once again, we're running after a monster man who wants to take a lady and make her immortal. Are we watching Dracula again? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're running, and then uh, Helen prays to Isis, right? Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, Isis," because then they okay. So the all right. So Frank and Doctor Allman bust in and. Imhotep's like, look at my ring, and they're like, oh no, and then they fall over, right? They're they're yeah. love. They couldn't do anything because they're impotent against the power of Imhotep, which is, he has because uh, why does he have power, Steve? Why is Cause that? Because he's, he's a scary mummy man. Okay, so he's a scary mummy man. <laughs> And then Helen runs up and prays to Isis because there's a statue of Isis there. And she's yeah. like, hey, Isis, do me a solid and, and please don't let me die. It'll be awesome. And so Isis, the statue of Isis raises her hand, right, her arm. Yeah, yeah. And the the scroll burn burns us up. And then Imhotep goes, to, oh, shit. And he turns... <laughs> He turns to dust. He turns into a, like a, a kind of. He he kind of dries out a little bit, and there's a bunch of dissolved cuts, and then you kind of see a skeleton in his face, and yeah. then we cut away because I think everyone was going to poop themselves. Yeah, <laughs> the oh, man. And then Frank runs up, and Doctor Oldman's like, "She, I uh, don't ask me how he he knows this." I, I don't know how he knows this, but he's like, he took her back hundreds of thousands of years. She she thinks she's uh, oxymo- Oxycontin, and <laughs> and he says, but maybe your love will will bring her back, right, Steve? Right? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, come on, come back and be the girl I like. And she looks at him, and then we pan over to a dusty skeleton very briefly, right? Yeah, like for half a second or something. And then I guess I guess someone at the movie studio went fuck shit and did one of the most awkward cuts ever at the end of a movie, and crammed on the it's a Universal picture at the end because the the movie's because the movie's fucking over. Yep. The end. That's. That's hey, it. Hasty cast list after the It's a Universal Picture. The end. It's over. The end. It's over. The end. So, Steve, how do you feel about this classic creepy movie about um men being possessive over a woman who seems to have no choices of her own to make. There's nothing scarier than the patriarchy, especially (laughs) when it comes from 3,700 years ago. 
What are your feelings on the mummy? Whoa. The really scary thing is a woman with agency. Am I right? Um, yeah, I mean... She had agency. Stay in that bed. Yeah. Love me. Hey, what are you Oh, no, are you or doing? love that guy. It's pre-code. Wear this revealing outfit. Oh, yeah, do that. Um... Um, yeah, I mean, we've we, we've we've been joking about it the whole time, but it does bear repeating that th- it, this movie really plays like a revised version of Dracula. I mean, the and I, I guess maybe when John Balderston was writing the script, he just said, oh, what the hell? And you know, <laughs> he, he just went through his, his his pages for Dracula and changed a few names. Yeah, and that's it. That's changed really a few it. locations. Yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah, it's mummy. It's about mummies now. Um and you know because it's 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 um, the it, undead... I hate to tell you this it wasn't about mummies <laughs> oh no no not really it was about it was about <laughs> a kind of sort of mummy it was about a wizard man that's wizard... what this movie was about <laughs> it's not called the wizard man <laughs> yeah well it should have been because okay. there was not a mummy in it um there is for like two minutes not even that. <laughs> And then he gets up and walks away, and we don't see him anymore. We don't even get to see him walk away. Um, <laughs> so I think I, I get the feeling, although obviously you haven't offered your review yet, but I get the feeling I like this more than you did. We'll see. Um, I, 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 yeah, maybe. Hey, maybe you. Maybe you're just bluffing. Maybe you're going to come out and say this is a masterpiece. <laughs> um, oh, oh. But I, I get the feeling that I liked it better than you did. Um, okay. But we'll see. Right. I. Uh, I don't think that it it measures up to to the best of the universals. I don't think it's in the same class as Bride of Frankenstein or Invisible Man or Wolfman, uh, which are my sort of picks for the best of that group. Um, But I do think that it's probably a little underappreciated. It does suffer because it borrows so heavily in terms of plot from Dracula and and the fact that it, it was released so close to Dracula where you're basically telling the same general story two years in a row Um, that doesn't help it but the fact that this was directed by Carl Freund who uh, I would say is a much better director than Todd Browning all due respect uh, I think helps I think Freund is a much stronger visual stylist and I think that comes through in this movie and really really helps it uh, and and helps it to sort of rise above some of the limitations or or the the, the shortcomings of the material. Um, that shot of Karloff on his face, even though it's repeated way way too often, uh, is a great shot. That shot of his of his sort of lowered face and uh, the light on his eyes, and you see the detail of the makeup. I think that's a terrific shot. There's also a really great shot, again, of his face when he's in the museum and he's reading from the scroll for the first time and he's trying to sort of resurrect Oxenamen or or conjure her spirit or whatever the hell he's trying to do <laughs> that that winds up you know wait, awakening that in, in Helen. There's a really, really spooky shot of Karloff as he's sort of leaning over the scroll on the floor um, that is like that close-up shot of his face only a little bit wider and from a slightly different angle that is a fantastic shot um so and there are other shots like that visually that it just it there are moments when it works extraordinarily well um i'm not as bothered by the lack of classic mummy stuff i don't really think that's that big of a deal i i mean i think it's interesting that there's less there are there are fewer visual things that we associate with the mummy 
in the movie The Mummy than we might expect having if we if we're coming in having not seen it before. I mean, all of the sort of classic mummy imagery of like the guy, the the big guy in the bandages sort of lurching with his arms outstretched, that all comes from the later movies. Uh that's not from here at all. We don't see any of that. Um Karloff is almost always in the uh the um the Ardeth Bay persona, not as the the bandaged mummy. Um, but even as Bay, he still has a little bit of a of an appliance on his face. He still has a, a makeup that, you know, he looks like he could be a a reanimated corpse. There's a there's a a quality to his face that, that looks a little spooky and a little scary. And the fact that he gives that sort of slow halting performance, you know, where he speaks in a very deliberate way and he moves very slowly. And even when he when when one of the characters reaches out to touch him and he pulls away, he pull that's probably the fastest he moves in the entire movie. But even that isn't super fast. You know, he sort of jerks away from him and says, "I don't like being touched." An Eastern prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. I, I think that works for me. I don't. I don't mind that. And I'm not. Did you like by the how they made him wear a flat top fez? <laughs> so we would. So we would recognize him if he had a normal As shaped head. We, yeah, yeah. We, if he had a normal shaped head, we'd be like, "Is that Karloff? Which one's Karloff?" <laughs> um, you know. And this isn't. This is a, another early example. I would say, along with Frankenstein, the previous year of Universal casting its monsters in a somewhat sympathetic light. Because Imhotep, yes, Imhotep, ultimately, when you get down to it, he wants to kill this woman so he can resurrect her in his in in the way he would prefer. But he has motivations that are understandable and human. This is someone who he, he from his perspective, he has he has been resurrected after thousands of years to be reunited with the woman he loved. And uh, he was originally condemned to death for doing something that really, you know, it's hard to see that it was that bad of a thing. I mean, he, you can understand why maybe the authorities would not want people bringing back the dead willy-nilly. Oh, I'm sorry your girlfriend died, but we can't just resurrect people. But at the same time, it comes from a very human motivation. He wanted to, he wanted to bring back the person that he loved. That's not exactly evil. You know, I mean, what he what he, what he eventually tries to do with it is evil. But as is the case with a lot of interesting movie villains, uh, his his initial motivation is something that I think we could all understand. Um, it There's does kind of. I've wanted to kill someone and resurrect them. Yeah, and then yeah. You, exactly, and then they could be your it's zombie. It's a normal impulse. It, they, it, they, they, then they're they're attached to you, and they'll do your bidding for the rest of their it's life, like I did with you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I can I, can I just say I'm happy. I'm I'm happy. I'm fine. You've gotten used to food having no taste and life having no joy. It's yeah. I thought it would be a big deal at, when at first, but it's not that big. Of, it's fine. <laughs> you know, I, I who wants to make choices anyway? That's just <laughs> yeah. That's just pressure. I now mean, come finish on, your a- review. <laughs> Yes, master. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. I, overall, I liked it. I I thought I don't think it's it's quite top tier universal monster but i don't think it's bottom tier either and i think it 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 has some things about it that that i really admire mostly in the visuals um but i also like the fact that like most of those early universal monster movies it's tight it's well executed it's 73 minutes unfortunately they don't really make movies like this anymore where you get a, a relatively modest uh efficiently told story uh, that that lasts less than an hour and a half. I, I kind of wish that they still made movies like this, because um, that way, even if it does turn out to suck, that's you know you've still got most of your afternoon left, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, that's 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 my review. I think overall, I have a pretty positive take on it. 
Is it my turn now? It's your turn, Master, please. Okay, please. everybody, get ready for whiplash. <laughs> so, someone at some point, 1931, had a meeting. <laughs> and they said, let's make another monster movie. Okay, who do you want in it? Let's put Karloff in it, because he's far more agreeable than Lugosi. Okay. And, uh, what's hot? Egypt shut? Okay, let's do an Egypt one. What kind of monster can we get out of Egypt? <laughs> a mummy. Okay, cool. So, what's, what's it going to be about? Well, why don't we just take shit from Dracula and Frankenstein and put it into the mummy movie? Oh, okay, how's that going to work? Well, we could make the mummy the one that wants to bring dead things back to life. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that'd be great. And Karloff's in it. Make sure he has a hat with a flat top so everyone knows that it's the same guy. All right. <laughs> well, what about the stuff we'll steal from Dracula? Oh, well, you know, he you know has spooky powers and we'll light his eyes up and it'll be great. Okay, greenlit, let's go for it. We should get to direct. Let's have Carl Freund do it. Isn't he a cinematographer? Sure. <laughs> and that's how the mummy was fucking made. That's the story of the mummy. And I know that Steve enjoys this film. I do not enjoy this film. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I enjoy, and you even mentioned this during your review. I enjoy the cinematography. I enjoy some of the shots. I enjoy, I enjoy the way some of the some of the shots are are done. But Carl Freund was a cinematographer for the majority of his career for a reason, and that was because a director and a cinematographer have very very different jobs. Yeah, fair. So when I watch this movie and it feels derivative to others, I'm already kind of out, especially when it's not that cleverly disguised that that is what they are doing. If you have an, even a remedial understanding of history and what was going on with Egypt shit at that time, you'd understand that it was explosively popular. And so making a monster movie that was Egypt-themed wasn't that big of a stretch. People were going to go out and see it. The fact that it, most of its flesh comes from two other films, uh, I feel like I'm retreading old ground. We got a spooky guy, he shows up, he's got magic powers, he's going to bring people back to life. And, yeah, I'm pissed off because there's no mummy in it. <laughs> I wanted a mummy. I wanted a fucking mummy. He's on the fucking posters, not as Ardeth Bay, but as the mummy. We see that mummy, guy wrapped up in, in, in bandages, for about 30 seconds. The rest of the movie, yeah. he's Ardeth Bay, a man with a skin problem who doesn't like being touched. <laughs> and isn't that the true horror? <laughs> And while Steve says that he likes the economy of storytelling, the reason why this movie is so short is because this is the movie where they tell not show. They tell <laughs> not show. And that's frustrating. There's a lot of exposition in this movie, Steve. Oh, true. There's a true. lot. We don't see anyone discovering shit. We, <laughs> we see people get told about stuff. We hear about stuff, and this was pre-code. They could have shown him fucking up that guard and killing that dog and doing it and a bunch of other things. And that's the other thing. The body count's too low. I want a higher body count. <laughs> At least Dracula turned that poor turned Lucy into a poor ghost lady that lures children into the forest with candy. That's kind of creepy if you think about it. <laughs> and the fact that they don't do anything about her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What oh, well, I guess, we have, I guess we have a ghost vampire for her. Oh, well. At least she's British, not some foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will admit, a lot of this stuff is, you know, the flashback where they're wrapping him up. That He looks, yeah, he doesn't look like he's having a good time. Yeah. 
But a lot of this stuff is told to us out loud, and we're not allowed to discover anything on our own. And that's what's frustrating, is that characters just know shit, and they're running off of assumptions, and it's okay because we already know that shit because someone else told us. <laughs> and and for me, Frankenstein moves along because shit is happening. Stuff's happening. I feel sympathetic for Frankenstein because that performance is in there, and he's a poor old big dumb guy who didn't ask for any of the stuff that was going on. Imhotep's just a fucking asshole who wants who wants <laughs> his side piece back, and I don't care about his side piece or him. Here's the thing. How much time did we spend with Imhotep and Anaximandrin to establish how much he loved her? Almost no time, really. Five and a half yeah. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. He comes in. We don't even get to hear their dialogue. He walks in, and she dies of something. I don't know what it is. He's all torn apart about it. He gets caught or whatever. That's just. That's just. That's just plot, Steve. I need to feel something for these people. <laughs> the only person I give a damn about is Helen, and that's because she seems to have a spark of life about her that no one else in this movie has. She even says the word, I, I, do I seem like the type of woman that would make love to a stranger? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you, you do, Helen, you do. You do seem like that. Because, Frank's oh like, I was hoping. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Please, um, please, please. <laughs> but aside from that, the other thing is is that this movie feels inexpensive, probably because it was inexpensive. There's only a few sets. I think maybe the all the Egypt stuff was was stock footage for something. I don't know. I don't know if they actually sent someone to Egypt and said, just shoot a bunch of Egypt shit. We don't care. <laughs> shoot Make it. sure there's sand and pyramids in it. I don't care. But I will say this. Here's the thing. I've never seen this movie before, right? Seen little bits and drips and drabs. Never actually seen the movie before. So I was actually kind of excited because this is the third one. And I'm like, okay, they fix a lot of stuff with Frankenstein. This one's going to be super great. This one's going to be, oh, they're going to take everything they learned from the last two movies. They're going to put it in this one. It's going to be great. And then when I don't see The Mummy and I never see The Mummy again, I'm kind of like, oh, everyone's just talking about stuff. And he didn't kill Ralph. He, he just went bananas. <laughs> you know what would have been neat, Steve? What? Is if the mummy had killed Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> you just have a bloodlust that can never I be satisfied. I have a bloodlust. I want the monster <laughs> to kill people. I love how you say that in the most rational way. I have a bloodlust. I do have a bloodlust. I don't care he's still got a boner from some woman that's been dead forever. I don't care about that. He's he's weirdly obsessive about this woman, and that's fine. I get it as a character motivation. But it'd be even creepier if he was a shambling corpse in bandages than just some dude who doesn't want people touching him and talks really slow (laughs) and just shows up at a house and hypnotizes everybody. That's not scary to me. Uh, it just shows up at a house. <laughs> well, it's that true. weird guy. It's that weird guy from the museum. <laughs> so I, I, I appreciate the shots. I appreciate the weird transitions. I appreciate the way that Carl Freund can frame shit and film stuff. He has this great half crane shot where he goes up and into the into the uh, magic yeah, bathtub. The magic bathtub. Yeah. That most people went. Whoa! What? What did he do? Wow! How did you do that? <laughs> but 
Um, I can appreciate the way it's shot, but not appreciate the story that it's telling to me, which felt like retread. And if I had been a moviegoer back in 1931, 32, I'd be like, oh, so, so, um, Beef Jerky Dracula wants his girlfriend back. <laughs> and, and that's the movie. Oh, this feels, oh, I hope they yeah. come up with something different. They do. Don't worry. They come up with something different. They remember that there are other books out there with creepy monsters in it. So yeah, yeah. We, we, how much? How much more would you have enjoyed this movie if they had titled it "Beef Jerky Dracula"? I would have loved it a lot. Would that have helped it? <laughs> but I mean, most of the characters we've seen before. Doctor Old Man is Doctor Old Man being Doctor Old Man. Frank yeah. is Jonathan Harker is. Henry, what's his name from the other Frankenstein yeah. movie? Um, there's no no one here that I'm really engaged with. There's slight commentary from Helen of all people because she seems absolutely pissed off and affronted that um, Frank, you know, undid her bandages uh, on the the mummy of Anax and Amun and yeah. and took out her coffin and all that stuff, but not not enough there to be compelling. Um, I'm. I was bored to death, and this movie isn't long, guys. It's seventy minutes long, but I knew she wasn't gonna die. I knew Frank wasn't gonna die. I was surprised they killed his dad, but Frank yeah. didn't seem to care. <laughs> <laughs> Had to happen eventually. I do like the fact that they kind of leave it open as to whether or not she comes back or not, because we don't know if her and Frank are still together. She just kind of looks at him. That's and true. We, we pan away to a corpse, and then someone someone flubs the edit between the last scene and the it's a it's a universal picture screen. <laughs> Do you want to fix that? No, just leave it like that. Just leave it like that. I like it. Let's have let's have two frames of black. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Freud is like my movie's too perfect. I I need to put a flaw in. <laughs> no one could love a perfect child. But, I mean, if you guys are going to watch this to be scared, no. If you're going here to watch a little bit of movie history, that's fine. If you're going here to be entertained, no. <laughs> I, I'm going to say this right now. The other movies where there was a mummy did it better. They did it, they did it better where it was a mummy. <laughs> they did it better. I like the remake of this where it's an adventure movie. More than this movie. And by comparison, that movie ain't great, but at least I had fun watching it. <laughs> and boy, the CG on that movie doesn't hold up at all. But it's oh, still boy. a fun adventure movie. This is this is homework. This is watching something so that you can have a better you know understanding of the movies and the people who made movies back then. And I appreciate it on that level, but I'm not everybody. And that's not enough for me to go, <laughs> yippee, classic. And you know what? I'm not the only person that says that because the mummy isn't in the big three because we go directly to the next guy on the lineup before we even mention the fucking mummy, and that's the Wolfman. And he wasn't made until like 15 years after this. That's right, yeah. But there's a long dry spell before we get the Wolfman. The Wolfman. <laughs> and then an even longer one before we get the creature of the Black Lagoon, right? Oh, yeah, he was he was bringing up the rear. Yeah, he didn't come around until the... Was it, was it the 50s? Yeah, and the Invisible yeah. Man isn't a monster. <laughs> he's just he, an asshole who's he, invisible. He's just a transparent dude who goes crazy. <laughs> I don't count him as a universal movie monster man. And neither is the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Boy, you're just... He's just fucked up face guy. That's all he Ooh. is. 
<laughs> Screw those other monsters. He's a fucked up face guy. Quasimodo is a person that has disabilities. You leave him the fuck alone. He's, He's not, not a, a monster. monster either. You insensitive prick. <laughs> so what am I saying? Uh, classic for historical reasons. For, for Freund and for the shots. But not classic because, oh boy, I had so much fun watching this long, boring movie where people talk about shit. That's great. So, one, uh, no, don't watch it. <laughs> don't. Don't watch it. It's not, it's not what I want in a movie. It doesn't make me think. It just makes me bored. I'm, I'm watching it because I like the cinematography in places, but no, don't. 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 I'm sorry, Steve. Don't. <laughs> Don't listen to Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever steered you people wrong before? Come on. It's like watching a really old man talk about this time he bought sucking candy. It's that. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like some Werther's Originals? And so I only had five cents, but I had to buy bread and I wanted candy. You know, back then a comic book only cost a nickel. <laughs> All right, so Steve, classic, not classic. Oh, I'm I'm gonna say classic. I'll say I'll say lesser classic. It's like I said, it's not it's not in the same echelon as Frankenstein or The Invisible Man, but uh, I think it's it qualifies as a classic. I'm gonna say it qualifies as a classic of the period, but not necessarily <laughs> that's gonna keep live, living on. Of all of the movies that came out back then, this one was the one that you could usually you could use to do a remake, and they've done it once successfully, and another time to prove to us that Hollywood has no soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now we're going to recommend movies, right? Or not recommend well, I'm movies. I'm going to not recommend. I'm yeah. not I'm not I'm I'm going to recommend and you're going to not recommend. So what are you going to not recommend to the people? Hey everybody, right. Steve's going to tell you not yeah. to go see something and don't see it or your eyes will bleed real blood and demons <laughs> will live inside of your small toe. <laughs> That's and a real you curse. Want, you don't want the small toe demons. You don't want toe. Me. Yeah, you don't want toe no, demons. No, those are the worst. They're like the paper cuts of demons. You think it's no big deal, but it just stays with you for so long. That's right. So what are anyway. you going to tell people not to see? Oh, whatever you do, don't go see this movie. Um. Okay, so the Universal Monster franchise lasted for like 20 years, which based on the creative output, was about 10 years longer than it should have. Um, but they found various ways to extend it uh, once the, the, the tank started running low. The first thing they did was they started doing the big monster crossovers like House of Dracula and House of Frankenstein, where they just said, let's put all the monsters in the same movie. Mm-hmm. And that they got a few of those, and people were like, oh, okay. And then that got old, because they were just basically doing the same movie over and over again. Yep. Um, so then they said, hey, we have an even better idea. Let's do, like, Monster Mash movies, but also Abbott and Costello are there. You better and, watch yourself. And some of those are pretty good. Uh-huh. Abbott, and, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, I think, is a really, really fun movie. Mm-hmm. But even that little mini franchise eventually had to run out of steam and i think it's fitting that the the final abbott and costello meet somebody movie <laughs> abbott and costello meet somebody was also it, it wound up being one of the last abbott and costello movies period and it was the last abbott and costello universal horror crossover and it was abbott and costello meet the mummy 
<laughs> and uh, that is the movie I am not recommending. It's not that I hate it. It's not that I think you should never ever watch it. Especially if you're if you if you if you're like me and you just like Universal monster movies. And even if you recognize that it's not that great of a movie, you could pass an hour and a half or two watching one just because you have a general affection for it. Um, then that's fine. But if you're looking for like a really good movie. Um, don't watch Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. It's mostly Abbott and Costello sort of redoing old bits of theirs that you've probably seen done better in older films of theirs. Um, the mummy stuff, like even the mummy costume is not that good. It's obviously not uh, a, a person wrapped in bandages. You can tell that like, it's all just one piece kind of sewn together. <laughs> it doesn't even fit very well. It's just like a big stunt man lumbering in a poorly fitted dirty sheet, basically. Um, and so it's, it's not a good it's not a good mummy movie it's not a good Abbott and Costello movie it's fun for what it is if you want to just enjoy like a cheesy old horror comedy but if you're looking for a good movie um, I would say avoid Abbott and Costello meet the mummy okay now there you go. it's my turn to recommend the film and as you know I like to recommend the film from the same year as the film we just reviewed and I'm going to tell you a spooky tale now once upon a time, there was a director named Todd Browning who kind of took a shit and totally didn't direct Dracula. He was not really there, and Carl Freund had to take over for a lot. It's probably why that movie was such a fucking mess. But in the same year that The Mummy came out, he made something where he was like, Oh, yeah. I'm going to make a movie so fucking weird that no one will ever forget me ever. Well, I'm sorry, Todd. They kind of forgot all about you. But no one has forgotten the film you made. The film that I'm going to recommend you see. And yes, you may become upset. Because you're all a bunch of precious snowflakes, and oh, you'll become upset no at the, even, the mention of this. Oh, I don't care anymore. No, master, don't go there. Please, no. <laughs> The movie that I'm going to recommend you see stars Wallace Ford, Lila Hylams, Olga Baklanova. Oh, there's a name that I can yes. really wrap my n- mouth around. Oh, baby. And Roscoe Atez. You know Roscoe Atez. He played Master from, from you know, the Thunderdome movie. He was the little guy on top of the big guy. Sure, whatever. He had a long career. He was a little person. He worked all over the place. Oh, what do you know? Gotcha. Anyway, the movie I'm going to recommend is The Notorious Freaks. Ooh, yes. Oh, I forgot. I got to take my elixir again. Hey, guys. Never seen (laughs) Freaks? Um, Oh, boy. It's it's How do we categorize this film, Steve? (laughs) Well-titled. Well-titled. Um... Um, this movie is notorious because Todd Browning went, I'm not putting people in makeup and I'm not getting actors to pretend to be freaks. I'm just gonna, um, cast people that have these things. Yeah. So he got people who were known at the time as pinheads. He got people who were like half people. He got real midgets, or that's what they called them at the time. We call, yeah. we, we say little people now. Uh, real little people, real bearded ladies, real, uh, someone named the ostrich woman or something. I don't know. And cast them all and paid them to be in this movie, in which it's the story about a little person that works in the circus who's also rich. (laughs) (laughs) 
sure. And a scheming, no-good woman and her lover who want to marry him and steal all of his money, and then bad things happen to both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In other words, the quote-unquote freaks of this movie are the heroes of yeah. the film. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real interesting movie to watch and if you're uncomfortable and you feel that these people are being exploited they are they kind of yeah. are some of them had mental deficiencies about them but you know he made sure that they got paid and he never he presented them in the light of a traveling freak show which was still a thing when this movie was made so yeah. at least they were working in hollywood <laughs> i'm not saying that's much better right but it is definitely one of those movies when you watch it, you're engaged for the entire time you're watching it, and then you're left with that ending, and you're like, what did I watch? What was this? And you're like, did David Lynch go back in time and make a movie? Oh, boy. Yeah, it def you could definitely see a lot of inspiration uh -huh. for David Lynch, yeah. And that's the other thing. This movie, whether people wanted to admit it or not, inspired a lot of other people, because there are shots in this that are funny scary there's a there's a character in there called the worm yeah and it's maybe one of my f favorite creepy yet hilariously funny shots ever in which you see a gentleman who has no arms and legs crawling through the mud going after a guy with a knife in his mouth yeah and you're like what is the worm gonna do when <laughs> what he is finally his plan <laughs> gets to him <laughs> hold still Oh, I know what happens. You know what? It's a cut scene because they trimmed this movie badly. They trimmed a lot out because they're even pre-code. They're like, oh, no, no, no. No, we can't have the freaks pin the lover down and castrate him. That would not be good. We can't do that in the movie. No, no, they cut that out. They cut a lot out. They cut, yeah. they cut, they cut stuff out. Didn't cut out the ending, though. <laughs> they didn't nope. do that. That noise she makes at the end is going to live with me forever. <laughs> I don't know how they managed to get feathers on her, but anyway, um, <laughs> if you haven't seen it and uh, you feel that you won't be uncomfortable, you can find it for free on YouTube. I have no doubt about that. Um, Freaks, it's, uh, yeah, guys, it's influential and it's kind of, you kind of need to see it. You kind of need to see it if you're like me and Steve and you have like, an, we, look what we did. Look what I did for that. I watched the fucking mummy. <laughs> yes, I knew I had to. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. We're done. We have put the sarcophagus lid on top of the mummy. And I hope I never see you again, motherfucker. Waste my Sunday evening. I can't get that hour and ten minutes back. <laughs> it's uh, not the mummy's fault, master. But, oh, oh, Steve. Yes. I have selected yet another film for our spooky October shows. And this one, I fucking guarantee will scare the panties off you and maybe make you throw up a little in your mouth. Oh, oh please tell me what it is, master. Well, not only has, have I name-dropped this fucking movie about 900 times and yes. openly admitted that it is my favorite movie of all time, for somehow I have no idea how this happened... <laughs> I'm the guy who loved the Iron Giant, and this is my favorite movie? How did that happen, Steve? <laughs> I'm always making jokes about you liking the dark, bleak stuff, and this is my favorite movie? You're just a little messed up, that's all. 
Anyway, kids, uh, put on your warm clothes. <laughs> because we're going to the Antarctic next time. And we're going to watch The Thing. Not that piece of shit 1950s thing where he's a vegetable walking around beating up people. <laughs> We're talking about the remake by John Carpenter, in which... Are, are you done dancing? Do we need... <laughs> Steve has been uh, Sorry. doing like a hokey pokey with his chair. <laughs> Sorry. Jumping all over the place. So Sorry, Master, I'm back. I had something I had to do. It's all right. You need to go? I, no, I I'm good. Vamp. Get it? I can vamp. I'll vamp. No. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Very anyway. funny, Master. No, okay, I'm here. Sorry. So, if you want your tits scared off and you want to get all the jokes, then watch The Thing before Ooh. our next podcast. I command you to do it. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. Right? You've that's seen it. that's quite seen a guarantee, it. Master. This will be my 300th time watching the film, but I'll gladly do it again. <laughs> you could just review it now. No, fuck that. We got two shows. I don't want that's to pick right. another movie. We're not, we're not giving them two for one. <laughs> and that's it for late seating. This has been Jason. I have contrary opinions to Steve Harding. <laughs> and this has been Steve Shives, who doesn't have a quip. <laughs> Again? You did that two years ago. I didn't think far ahead. All right, fine, whatever. And go see a movie this week. Bleh. You're supposed to have a... I do, actually. Would you like to hear it? It's not bleh. <laughs> no, that bleh they don't say in this movie. Um, no, it, <laughs> it, this God. is Steve Shive. This is Steve Shives, and remember, the 14 steps down and the unbroken seals were thrilling. But when we came to handle all her clothes and her jewels and her toilet things, you know they buried everything with them that they used in life. Well, when we came to unwrap the girl herself... I felt as if I'd known her, but when we got the wrappings off and I saw her face, you'll think me silly, but I sort of fell in love with her. Stop, stop touching me, please. Could you... Um, I love but, you. But, no, no, no. It's all right. It's, I love it's you. fine. You know, it's I a, love it's, you. No, no, no. You just said you handled all of her toilet things and you, then you oh, compared me to a swizzle stick. Handling I her, don't... No, it's all right. Handling you, her toiletries was the most erotic it, experience of my life and I want to share it with Imhotep? you. Where is Imhotep? Where is Imhotep? I want to be killed and brought back to, to life. <laughs> no, I don't. It's all right. Someone, my, someone claimed it. You're dibs. my property I'm fine. now. <laughs> no, no. It's I've, all right. I've placed my mark on you. What? Oh, dear. Oh, that's not going to come off, is it? This is silk, you son this, of a bitch. Well, that was magic marker. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Let Me Listen. And... Thanks for listening.